what's up, man? What have you been doing? I just got back from a marathon trip. Came down, was in High Island, Texas, and then Arizona. I was in two cold towns. And then after I finished that, I came home and I went to New York City. And I went birding in Central Park. Was that a big uh, difference between what you saw down in Texas and what you saw up in New York? Yeah, it's way different. It's a contrast very much. I would say that Arizona is my favorite birding place I've been to so far, southeastern Arizona. Why? It's really, really beautiful, and it's really, really special. And there's there's something about Portal that makes it feel like it's just a birding destiny. But I, I, don't, I don't know that much about the town, really, or the mountains. It's a forest in the middle of the desert. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's unique. Yeah. And it's it seemed, like, metallic. It was, like, chrome. The trees were these really cool cool colors and it's a special place yeah and what about new york new york at central park is the peak i was there i was everywhere about two weeks early honestly so i think if i do this again next year i'll push it all back but new york birds are flying and they're migrating and then they see their you know cities everywhere and then they see this big patch they drop and when they're there they actually get a little closer to people than they typically do in nature because they're a little bit used to it yeah i guess you have to get close to people in new york because they're everywhere yeah i know so i went on a bird walk and when i get there i see the woman i know from bird club here in chapel hill i'm like peggy what are you doing here she's like hey, i'm seeing the birds so she was on the little trip of about 40 people through the park with uh, bob the Birdman. bob the Birdman. tell me about bob the Birdman. you know he's a doctor i think he's a doctor or professor or something up there and he studies birds and he takes people on these bird trips ten dollars a head he does it twice on saturdays during the peak season he's the one that took me on the owl trip my first birding episode ever on christmas Year. That that was your first bird trip. I remember you telling me about that one. It was cool. It was cool. I got a lot of birds. I'm at 245 birds now. <laughs> 245 birds. Where does that place you in the North Carolina rankings? North Carolina, I think I'm at 120 something. And Durham, I broke top 50 top 50 in durham nice and in the united states i'm at like 1300 so respectable that is respectable i'm proud of you man good job <laughs> thanks thanks i was at the um the quest center this this weekend and we ran a women's self-defense workshop nice nice you've done those for a while right yeah we do lots of uh workshops like that we probably once a quarter for several years now so is that is it organizations bringing people in or is it people signing up for this? It's it's people signing up, but it's gotten out enough through um, the word of mouth since we've been doing them. So Orange County Rape Crisis sends people, we get big groups of Girl Scouts and that sort of stuff. They'll come and do special workshops, just for, like age appropriate workshops, but we get all kinds of organizations sending people. This last weekend, I was with a booth for uh, Shield NC, which is for sex trafficking. I do a lot of stuff for Horizon, which is the rehabilitation uh, for drug addicted mothers or pregnant mothers. And these these kind of groups who really benefit from that. I think a, a lot of times they're just they're pretty f fragile, you know. So I wonder how how does an organization like that get connected with you? You know, finding a dojo, finding our dojo is pretty easy. You can just look up Chapel Hill Quest Martial Arts online. It's chquestcenter.com. But I'm sure there's a lot of martial arts schools out there that would be really willing to share the information that they've got with people like that. Because one of the coolest moments we have is, like you said, when we see somebody fragile come in and then they succeed and they have a moment and they realize that power that they have, that um, they, they realize that they, they are worth standing up for, that they have the ability to stand up for themselves. That's really striking. It's, it's a special moment. Are they one-time classes or a series of classes? It's a one-time class and we offer them because, you know, not everybody can commit to coming in, but it's an introduction and it teaches 
more of anything else, we hope to instill an empowerment mindset. Um, but we regularly have people that come from that program and actually sign up and join the dojo. How much is it? It's like 20 bucks, man. We keep them super affordable. We like to uh, get as many people in as we can. So I think each one that we've done in the last two years, we've sold out and had waiting lists for it, which has been really cool. So why don't you talk about a few other things that you do there at the dojo? Well, Chapel Hill Quest Martial Arts is that it's a dojo, and a dojo is um, translates to the place of the way. A lot of martial arts present themselves as a as a lifestyle or a path. We teach a modern approach to one of the earliest mixed martial arts systems. The approach we teach is called Toshindo, and we teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, I've trained under a lot of incredible teachers, but I've got Stephen K. Hayes and Roy Dean as my Toshindo and Jiu-Jitsu mentors, respectively. As a dojo, we, we challenge our members to strive towards an ideal of becoming a Tatsujin. Tatsujin in Japanese refers to a, a fully actualized person. If you think of somebody that is operating on all cylinders, got everything going for them, that's what we're working on. We have a lot of supporting programs beyond just our self-defense training. We have regular meditation opportunities and lots of outdoor meditation opportunities that we run up in the mountains. We have a Quest Fit and Quest Kick class, which are functional fitness programs and a fitness kickboxing class. All of, all of those things are they tie into that goal of Tatsujin by keeping the attitude of Kaizen, which is something we talk about a lot, or the constant incremental improvement of, you know, being a better you than you were yesterday. And then, of course, we have private training, which is where you and Seth came in. And in those situations, we can do whatever we want. You've talked a lot recently about this kind of direction you're wanting to take the dojo. And I'm not sure if you want to talk about that or not. But can you kind of explain what that is? In all martial arts, there's some, there's like a, a brand pride People are really proud of what they do. And I'm, I guess I've trained in broad enough places and under enough teachers. I realize there's a lot to learn from everybody. So I'm, I'm trying to include some new ideas and new things. And I don't want to say too much more until I get everything ready to roll out. But yeah, this, this holistic training approach, this like push towards Tatsujin. So it's not just punching and kicking. We have a lot of people that want to just come in and punch and kick. But we have a lot of other people that, that realize that there's something really powerful to tap into there. I joined your dojo 10 years ago, I guess. It has been 10 years. Yeah, yeah. 2009. And I've been in and out different things. I, I went in when I, like I said before, a weight loss program. I got working with Amy. I lost 50 pounds. I got in shape for a while. Continued for a while. I had shoulder surgery. Then got away. Then got back in. And then I had hip replacement. Got away. Came back. Busy as shit with Rise. You know, for me, it's getting in this mindset when I go to the dojo. Because I'm goal-oriented when I join or I do it. And then it's like, do I have the free time to go in at a specific time and a certain day, which is relatively hard for me. And the hard part is getting my mind shifted that, yes, this is what my goal is. I know it takes me two months to drop 30 pounds. I can change, really change my body really a lot in two months. If I focus on it, what, by seeing lots of people come in and come out, is there any like uniform pattern of what people do to get into that mindset. What do you see that, all right, I know this person is going to make it because blah, blah. It's like you said, like make it's a relative term. People make it and then they drop out and then they come back and they make it again and they drop out. And it's, it's a, it's a cycle for a lot of people. It's pretty rare that somebody comes in and sticks with it for 10 years. Some, you know, the, the amount of discipline that you've had to stay plugged in and to stay tuned, even though you've had some breaks here and there. You had your surgery and had that sort of stuff. You, as Rise opened up, I know that was a, a time challenge. But we get, you know, people a couple of years where they're consistent and they drop off. But you, you get those odd ones or two that stick with it. Uh, the people that embrace 
the practice of perseverance to people that get psyched about that and they they, they realize like they're gonna have to work but they kind of drink the kool-aid about it and they you know get on board with it the people that can find the joy in maintaining that focus when we do like agility work coordination work when, when they've got something that's really challenging and really hard and you see them double down and like they commit that they're going to get it if, if they have that sort of commitment you know I watched you over the whole 10 years be totally ripped or maybe a little bit, but always at least ripped. Right. And that's 10 years. That. And my friend, Bob Forrest, who does rehabs, he talks about it, which I think it's kind of like for you, how you keep that going for 10 years. He's like, I'd like to go, get <laughs> but I'm in the rehabilitation business and I can't. So I have to maintain this and it must be the same for you. You basically you're in this. If you became a 250 pound instructor of your dojo, it probably wouldn't be as attractive for people to come in. You know, it depends on how I carried my 250 pounds, but yeah, man, I'm, I try to be the, the face of not just the dojo, but like, I have a lot of pride in the, uh, martial arts in general. I try to be the face of martial arts. Like I'm, I'm, if I'm telling somebody sign up and, and train with me, I'll get you to where I am. I better be at a good place or people aren't going to buy. You know, for me, my, my exercises at this point consist of hiking, looking for birds. So I'm, there's two kind of things. Part one is slapping all my stuff to the fucking airport. You know, it's, I still don't have that figured out because I've got to take everything. So I have four bags on this last trip. So that's where we've got to, we've got to do our farmer's carries. We grab the kettlebells and run up and down the dojo. And, and my shoulders are like killing me kind of at the end of it. You know, as I'm get, you know, getting back, I'm like, man, I'm carrying this stuff forever. But it's also walking through the woods and chasing the birds. You, you go, you know, someone was asking me yesterday, the worst I was talking to my managers about this. And they're like, really, you don't really think of anything but birds. And I was like, no, I really don't. I, I got out in Arizona when I first got to Arizona and I w went down this, I, I forget what it was. It's it like a conservation, you know, game conservation or something. We went down and there's a river and I hear some owls and I hear some bird activity. I see some flops <laughs> and I'm in the desert and I start walking and then I'm like, oh, it's there. And I, before I knew it, it was four hours later and I've been walking through the desert and my flip flops away from my truck chasing an owl. Now, did you get him? Was it, was no, I never, I didn't get the owl, but I got a lot of other birds during the trip, but I also got some really good exercise. And that's kind of the point. It's like, if I'm doing exercise, that's mindless. That's not, you know, I'm doing this to get exercise. I'm doing this for something else that gives me exercise. I've never really had anything like that before. Even golf really wouldn't work. If you're like, I'm going to walk today, you, it's not, it still doesn't seem it still seems like if you're going to walk, you're walking because you want the exercise. If you're burning, it's not because you want the exercise, it's because you're burning. And I don't know that I've ever had that experience. I've done anything that gave me exercise that wasn't for the exercise. Well, you could quote the great Kenny Powers. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. <laughs> okay, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate exercising. And you wouldn't know looking at me and looking at what I do with my life. I just really dislike getting beat up. And I practice fighting people a lot. So I want to be strong and fast and, and not get beat up. So whatever it takes, especially, you know, at the dojo, that community, they're my friends. So not only do I risk getting beat up but i get i risk getting beat up in front of my friends so that's a lot of motivation for me to pick up the bigger kettlebells or to push harder hit the bag harder yeah as you were talking about hiking and getting exercises you were moving through the woods uh, one of my favorite workouts if i had to pick a favorite workout is trail running I, I don't enjoy running on the road i feel like it beats my knees up a little bit too much but on the trails i take shorter steps i have to watch out for roots my focus isn't specifically on how tired i am it's enjoying 
you know, nature where I'm at and making sure I don't trip going forward. So that's a, an awesome opportunity for me to get exercise outside and to tap into, you know, what a lot of people are referring to as the flow state. When, uh, when it gets good to me, I'm running and I just flow over the trail and it, it feels super smooth, like a river coursing through a valley. Uh, you, you know, I got into rucking a few years ago and was doing that pretty regularly. And I really want to start doing it again, which is just fast walking with a weighted backpack on. Did you do that with a group? Was that something you did? I never went out with a group. I just researched it and started doing it. And I I did it on trails, but I really, in my age, it's kind of hard on the, on the roots and focus on my legs and hips and all that stuff. It's a little bit better for me on streets or on regular paths. And it's no, no impact really. You don't have the pounding of running or jogging or anything. It's a lot better for you. And it just fixes your posture because you're doing the, you got to stand up straight, right? I feel so much better after I do one and, and it comes from the army. I mean, you used to do, you know, (laughs) road marches all the time. Yeah. So it's about a 30 pound, 35 pound backpack that I'll carry doing it. Just put some weights in wrapped in towels. Pretty cool. I got a buddy of mine that is uh, trying to convince me to do an adventure race with him, which is a combination of trail running. There's some rucking involved. There's orienteering and paddling and swimming and uh, mountain bike component to it. So um, a lot of the stuff that you and I did got me set up gear wise so that I could do it. So it won't be that much of a stretch. I just have to, uh, I have to commit to doing the race. So I guess it's just, you know, finding what you really like to do and yeah. trying to find that flow state that you talk about, either whether it's going to be in nature or be in a dojo or be on a road or be in the woods chasing birds or be in the airport carrying shit doesn't really matter just finding something that will get you out there moving and help you feel better about yourself yeah i really love fishing up in the mountains that place that we went camping and that's one of the one of the highest levels of physical exertion that i get when i go down to one of these particular holes down there it's, it's like a mile hike but it feels like you're climbing up a 45 degree slope coming back and it's totally worth it because i'm going down there to a completely isolated and pristine uh place that it looks like it's it's never been touched by people and the the fishing's great the water's clear it's um it's, again it's one of my favorite places but like when i got to come out of there i know i've got to like tie my boots my boots up tight and start climbing hard and even though it's enough to make some people not want to do it i, I get excited about it you're like de niro and the deer hunter that's that's an obscure reference i appreciate that this is this this ain't something else this is this. Here at Tools for Tools, we really think exercise is a really important part of your mental clarity. And being able to show you guys the tools that we use, whether you're purposely doing it in a dojo or you're doing something else that you're actually getting exercise in, we find this really important and we just want to take the time to share. So now let's go to Bird of the Day. I'm a bird watcher. I'm a bird watcher. Watch the birds go by. Fly, fly, fly. I'm a bird watcher. I'm a bird watcher. There goes one now. Today's bird of the day is the whooping crane. When I was down in High Island, uh, I was talking to some people and they said, Hey, did you hear about the whooping crane? I'm like, No, they're like, It's a rarity. It's never down here. So I'm like, oh, Where's it at? So I bring up the app and I kind of find out where it is and I drive out to this little town about. 20 minutes out and it takes me right to this field and it's a big field and I'm going down a gravel road and I'm looking and there's a lot of birds out there there's egrets snow egrets there's ducks there's herrings and I'm taking a lot of pictures and then I can see in the far distance something that's bigger than everything else so 
I drive over there and I'm getting closer. I pull around and here's these two big birds with kind of a red beak and they're together walking across the fields and bigger than any other type of bird like this that I've seen in there. And I'm like, that's gotta be them. So I bring up pictures and I'm real excited because this is a rarity and it's the first rarity that I chase down solo. And I'm psyched and I take a little video of myself. Here I am seeing the whooping crane chasing down my first rarity. I'm really excited. This truck drives down the road and it's a guy about my age and his son in the truck. He's like, so you got the, you got the whooping crane, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah. I said, you into birds? He's like, "Uh, you know, I like birds. It's it's kind of the land around here where I live, but they've been out here for a while now. So I'm glad you got to see him. So it was really nice. And he came from more of the country type person embracing the birders who are coming to his land to see. So today's birds whooping crane man i'm I'm proud of you getting that rarity i I think of all the kids at the dojo with trading pokemon you must have got that that (laughs) rare foil pack from japan with that so proud of you man uh, with that, let's go into today's moment of Zinspiration. If you're feeling down and out, here's a Zinspiration. I picked the quote today because I think it's helpful to consider when we look at all the conflicting exercise information, diet information, and pretty much anything else where conflicting information can be an obstacle towards progress. This is something to remember. In the words and actions of the wise, there can arise the appearance of contradiction. Those aspiring to enlightenment would be advised to hold in their hearts the reassuring truth that inside of the universe is vast enough to contain comfortably all of the paradoxes, all of the pieces of the puzzle that we have not yet touched. And that quote is from my martial arts instructor, Stephen K. Hayes, from his book of Ninja Wisdom, Wisdom from the Ninja Village of the Cold Moon. Hey man, I'm kind of worried your burden fire's burning out. This is only episode, was it episode two? And he didn't really talk about birds as much as normal. <laughs> so, so, okay, here's what I got going on. I just got back from Arizona, from Houston and from New York City and been doing local birding because my birding count locally had kind of dropped. So I've, I've taken pictures and I've counted them. I've learned a little bit about birding, but I'm going to a class in West Virginia that the American Birding Association puts on that's adult bird camp. And so it's like five days of bird camp in West Virginia. And then the last day we whitewater raft. And this is really kind of been my plan from the beginning of the year. Cause I signed up for this in January, right when I started to just throw everything at myself to go do these recons to these great birding areas. And then to come back, go where the pros are to teach me how to actually bird. Well, man, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear about that one. All right, friends. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Tools for Tools. I want to remind you when it comes to physical fitness, if you're not in shape, if you're not ready, you're a liability. If something goes down and you're not there to help somebody else out, somebody's got to help you out. So take care of yourself so that you can take care of those people that count on you. Peace.